Welcome everyone, this is Sasha, Sasha Talk. Today on Sasha Talk Special Edition, featured is a talent that brings dynamic and emotional characters to life. If you're seeking a good laugh, you'll find it. If you're seeking inspiration, you'll also find it. His work has captured multi-million views on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram with a growing following. He is the rising star, award-winning writer and animator whose work has lured interest of top network executives in media and entertainment. He is the creator of the YouTube animation series, The Weaklings, a series with a growing popularity on TikTok and Instagram. He is no other than Jabril Mack. Jabril, welcome to Sasha Talks. Good evening. Well, I do want to thank you for joining us on Sasha Talks as we celebrate different types of artists. And you happen to be an award-winning artist. And I am wondering, along with the audiences, what was the first thing or character that you drew as a kid? That is a good question. I started drawing at a super young age. Like my, some of my first memories are just like sketching, you know, on the on the kitchen table, like when I was like two or three years old. But I think that my favorite, my first character was this character named Super Monk. He was a superhero monkey that I was convinced was going to be the next Mickey Mouse in terms of popularity when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> I would do little comic strips with him and, and sell them to kids around the, the playground and stuff like that. So Super Monk was my first character, and he really got me uh, learning the how cool it was to create something and then share it with the world. What I love about the idea of the weaklings is that characters are named after the days of the week, and they live in Calendar City. So if you were a realtor and I'm looking to move to Calendar City, how would you market the city to me? <laughs> well, Calendar City is a great town because it is a booming metropolis, right? Um, there's people and characters who are all um, based on holidays from the calendar, right? So you have not only the weaklings who are the days of the week, but you have Valentine's Day, you have Christmas, you have um, 4th of July. Everyone has a personality that's fun and exciting. And so, you know, you're never going to be bored with your neighbors, for sure, in Calendar City. And another (laughs) – one of the major pluses, though, I got to mention is that in Calendar City, there are four districts – there's Summer Shores, there's Winter Way, there's Spring Springs, and then Fall Falls. So there are these parts of town that have the weather that you would associate with the different seasons of the year as well. So you can go hit the shores, hit the slopes in, uh, in, um, in Winter Way, hit the shores of Summer Shores, and in- enjoy the, the nice crisp fall air in Fall Falls. I was enjoying a few of the segments with Red, White, and Booyah, and it got me thinking – does Jabril lend a voice to that character? Because oh, <laughs> I, I love it. Fourth <laughs> <laughs> of July is a new character. His, his catchphrase is uh, red, white, and booyah. And he's actually voiced by um, Dominic Detana, who is a uh, pretty popular TikTok creator. He has like, uh, I think, 3.6 million followers right now. 
and was really enthusiastic about being a character. So I was like, you have that explosive personality. Let's make you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I kept replaying it over and over because I just found it to be entertaining. Being, being <laughs> of online followers, you have a presence on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. So when you uploaded the video for the first time, did you have any expectations or was it a surprise to you that it caught on as fast as it did? I think when I think back to when we first put the first cartoon out, you know, we spent six months working on it, so you'd hope that people enjoy it and watch it, and we kind of designed it so that people would enjoy it and watch it, but when you put anything out there in the universe, you never know how people are going to, you know, respond to it. So anytime a creator puts anything out there and it's positive, that's always a, a you know, a great feeling that we all chase. So putting it on the Internet is such a, a scary thing. You know, you have your, your soul, the piece of you that you've been working so hard on. You don't know if people are going to like it or not. So the fact that we put it on YouTube and we're able to, you know, build the audience up has been something that's pretty, pretty incredible in such a short amount of time. We started out with literally nothing, right? Zero followers, zero fans, zero everything. And now we're at, on YouTube, about 30K subscribers. We get one point four million views a month on TikTok alone now, which is crazy to think about. You know, we're just making cartoons that we enjoy and kids from all over the world are able to connect with so that that's a that's a real that's a real blessing right there. Art is created by the people for the people and given your global following, is there a particular demographic in terms of age that your work resonates with the most? In terms of age? Yes. Our show is designed for six to eleven year olds, right? So like not quite the the, the preschool kind of crowd and not quite the teen crowd. So we try to focus on funny stuff that kids will like and relate to. Like we have an episode where um, Thursday, Friday, and Tuesday have a sleepover party, which is definitely a kid activity, right? Well, we put a weakling twist on it by having April Fool's Day crash the party, and the boys are trying not to fall asleep because they don't want to get pranked by April Fool's Day. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we, you know, it, it's, it's fun stuff like that. And I'm in my 20s, and I laugh at this stuff too. So even though it's designed for 6 to 11, I think that adults can also enjoy it, kind of like the same vibe that SpongeBob has where – uh, different audience ages are watching it and getting different things from it. Hopefully, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. And you've also caught the attention of Disney and Nickelodeon. While growing up, were there any cartoons or artists that you followed? Yeah, I just mentioned SpongeBob, and I think that was like, <laughs> like I, I was the SpongeBob generation, right? I think it came out in 2000, like in 2000 or 99 or something like that. And from day one, I was a big fan of the show. Um, when TiVo first came out, a lot of people were so excited about the fact that you could pause TV, skip commercials, do all that kind of stuff, right? For me, I was excited about the opportunity to be able to pause cartoons and see how they do them. So I'd sit on a Saturday morning, turn on SpongeBob, and actually go through the episodes frame by frame to break down, like, okay, how are they making SpongeBob flip this, you know, Krabby Patty? How are they making him drive this boat? How are they making him, um, you know, catching the jellyfish? And that would be my, like, early animation school training of just going through SpongeBob, going through all the cartoons I love, The Simpsons, um, stuff like that that would just 
inspire me to to want to make stuff because animation is hard and back then the internet wasn't as popular so it was harder to find the resources to learn what you want to do right you see the names and the credits of people who make this stuff but there really wasn't that connection nowadays it's like you can go look at the credits of your favorite show favorite movie and find that person on instagram where they're sharing all their work you know what's way easier so uh just watching the stuff growing up and falling in love with these characters were always was always really you know inspiring for me on, on your side of things what were your favorite cartoons growing up Oh, my. I would say some of them have been timeless. Being an artist, I always had my own imagination of drawing stuff, so I never relied that much. Let me put it this way. That was at least two or three generations behind you because by the time you were engaged in cartoons and entertainment, you guys had a whole channel or channels portal devoted to you. I happen to be a PBS kid, so I can relate to Mr. Rogers and Sesame I Street. That, those were my anchors. <laughs> totally. <laughs> they happen to be timeless. Well, the Muppets and Sesame Street are still entertaining kids to this day, so, you know, they're definitely timeless characters. And I love how you touched upon the fact that at least two to two and a half decades ago, there weren't enough tools available that you took the tool of TiVo and turned it into an educational asset. Now, often people want to focus on the things that go well and what routine and regimen that you engage in to become who you are today. Instead, we're going to focus on what were some of the lessons learned thus far in your career path that set that served as a setup to get you to do things and initiate your own success instead of waiting for quote-unquote permission or just getting in line to wait for your chance to shine? Yeah, I think that for me, in terms of waiting for permission, I'm a guy who it, it, I, <laughs> I'm just not smart enough to know that I have to wait kind of, you know? <laughs> so No, but that's a good thing. <laughs> I was like, okay. I'm just going to do it because we do have the opportunity to get our stuff out there. Animators, artists from 10 years ago, even five years ago, wish they had the, the tools to get stuff made, right? We have an animation studio on our laptops. People have movie studios on their iPhones. People have the platform, YouTube, Instagram, social media, to get their stuff out there. I think that as an artist in this current state of the world, we have an obligation to the artists of the past to take advantage of every single opportunity that we have. So I think that just the fact that we're blessed to be here now should be enough motivation to get people to just go for it. There's nothing to lose, right? That's important. But then also I think that early on I learned how to scope and plan out my projects. You know what I mean? Like I think one of the big lessons was finishing something. We all start stuff all the time have big ambitions, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this, it's going to be the dopest thing ever. And then, you know, <laughs> two weeks later, you're like, ah, I kind of moved on from the project, right? For me, I diagnosed that of myself when I was younger and figured out that I was trying to do too much. I was going to the buffet, putting everything on my plate, and then realizing I'm not that hungry by the time I got to the table. So I started planning out this, my stories, my characters, my scripts, everything I do, to be as efficient as possible so that I have no excuse to not finish the project, right? I have, in, in college, I had this big, grand um, movie I wanted to do, a movie. Like, that's crazy. While I, was, while I was trying to make a movie with no money, you know? <laughs> so I got all my friends together. We all got so burnt out from it. But I learned that 
everything, the story is great, but we don't have the manpower to make this happen. Why do a movie when you could do a five-minute cartoon and get the same effect out of it and get it done and get that reward, that, that, that inner motivation to keep on going? I think that's something you have to think about is uh, your successes le- fuel your other successes, you know? So you got to finish something, succeed at it, and use that to keep on going. There are many people who plan and plan and plan, but they don't back it up with actions. And I love the fact that you've been able to not only plan, but actualize tangible success. And that is why you happen to be an award-winning writer and animator. Now, when it comes to self-development, it also serves into professional development in the realm of Sasha Talk. Are there any mentors that you look up to, it could be from your family, your loved ones, or people you've met along the way through the weaklings. I'm lucky to be come from a really good family where we're all super tight, super close. Everyone is pretty ambitious and successful at what they do. So I always grew up in an environment that encourages you to try new things and get out there. But no one in my family is an artist. So there's always that kind of, you know, the struggle of like, okay, we see you over there drawing cartoons, but can you make a a career out of it? Can you actually, you know, feed yourself <laughs> doing it? <laughs> so it wasn't until college that I kind of met people who were talented animators and people in the industry who were able to kind of guide me in what I wanted to do. When I was a sophomore, I started interning at Cartoon Network. And I met a bunch of different artists there who are storyboard artists and, you know, background designers, writers who all kind of took me under their wing and showed me the ropes of the industry. So without them, I wouldn't have that perspective on, um, on everything and just knowing where to take your career and what's out there, what's available to you. When you start the journey of, like, I want to be this, you, that, that's easy, but you don't know what the details mean, right? In order to be a top basketball player, everyone kind of knows you have to practice a lot, right? <laughs> In order to be a top animator, there's not necessarily that same roadmap, if you will. So once you get in there and meet people who are doing it, you can see, okay, so you did this. I'm going to do something similar to that so I can get to a place that you're at too. Thank you for touching upon that the universe has its way of leading out those that really desire this craft from those that just want the outcome but they're not willing to make that investment. What are a few qualities that serve you well in becoming as successful as you are. And I know that your star will continue rising. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> it will. I think that animation is probably one of the most collaborative mediums. So you're always working together in every single con- aspect and component of making a simple cartoon. You know, that involves painters, it involves writers, it involves actors, it involves designers, it involves editors, it involves so many different disciplines that to be a good animator, you have to be willing to know the art and the craft of collaborating. How do you give advice? How do you give notes? How do you plus or improve on an idea that's already there without making it worse? You know, anytime something passes through my point of view, my desk, I want to make sure that it leaves it stronger than when I got it. Whether that's adding some funny new characters, adding a new line, you know, making a drawing better. I'm trying to just make everything better. And we have a team of people who are all trying to make things better for the project. No egos involved. You know, if you erase my drawing, I'm not going to get sad because if, if yours is better, you know what I mean? It's not personal. It's just, it's just drawing. So my motto is always, I drew it, I didn't marry it, right? 
anything I do, it's fine. I just did it. I didn't. It's, I don't love it. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not married to it. Change it. Let's make it better. That's what I'm trying to say. Collaboration is so important when it comes to animation and learning that those skills also help you in everyday life, right? Learning to collaborate with their relationships with your family, your friends, your loved ones, all that kind of stuff. Collaboration and creativity can take you take you pretty far. Having your achievements and your successes and lessons learned, what would your guidance be to those that are thinking about becoming a graphics animator? Where should they start out? Let's say that they come from a very limiting environment where they don't have another person to emulate from this field. Where can they start out today? So if they're coming from that kind of environment, I would say definitely start out on YouTube. Search for animation. Search for your favorite Pixar movies. Type in whatever show you like and put behind the scenes and see what kind of stuff you can, you know, find. There's so many resources out there. I actually have an animation Instagram inspiration page called Animation Hustle on Instagram. Check us out. But we're always posting inspirational stuff for animators. So that's a great place to start. I'd also really encourage anyone who's trying to be an artist to get and learn the art of storytelling, right? Learn how to tell a story with the traditional structure so you can understand why people like stuff that they like, and then you can incorporate those elements into your projects to make them better and find your audience eventually. So search stuff on YouTube, learn the art of storytelling, and then just don't stop drawing because if you want to be an animator, you have to draw a whole lot. So you might as well start now. Get a sketchbook, draw whatever, trace if you have to, and get better. It's all good. Just, just keep practicing. <laughs> keep, keep at it. That is key consistency and reliability. Given your growing following of the weaklings, do you have audience members that reach out to you and make suggestions of what they want to see or what they may have not liked? Like how do you react and respond to it? I'm blessed to have any kind of response to anything I do, so it's always happy to get any kind of comment. Um, for the most part, everyone is super excited about the show. They'll recommend like different holidays they want to see or different storylines. You know, people really love Saturday and Friday. They want to know if they're dating or not. You know, some stuff like that, too, which is kind of fun. <laughs> They'll draw fan art of the characters. And for the most part, they're all pretty supportive and positive about the show. Sometimes if you do get a negative comment, for me, it's, it's just, you know, it is what it is. Um, right. People will sometimes say something. Maybe they watch it on a bad day or maybe they just aren't feeling it. That's fine. Thanks for the comment. <laughs> I don't. I don't take it. I don't take it personally, um, especially when you work in social media. A, a, any kind of comment is valuable because it, in, any engagement increases your, um, you know, your standing in the algorithms, right? And when the algorithm likes you better, they'll put your stuff in front of more people, which means more potential to get more fans. So whether comments negative or positive, I'm happy to just to have it <laughs> because it, it tells the algorithm whatever I'm making is at least worth commenting on. But one of the things that is great about TikTok is that kids will post videos of them like live streaming and watching the episodes. And it's always fun to see them laugh and enjoy the cartoon and, you know, in their house with their family and share it with me. So it's always very, very fun to see. It, it's, it's, it's really cool. Because you referenced the prospects of two of your characters dating, I was tempted to ask, are any of your characters inspired by anyone you may have dated? or people in your real life? 
no, none of the, the weaklings are. Uh, the weaklings are seven best friends, right? They are the like the closest group of friends you can find. In the days of the week, they stick together. They all have different personalities and, and different points of views. And I think that's what makes the, the group dynamic so interesting. What's funny is that the characters are kind of different parts of my personality. You know, I like to think I'm cool like Friday a lot of the time, but I'm probably more, you know, more of a nerdy kind of Tuesday kind of guy. You know, Saturday is really fun and exciting. And obviously, you know, I'm working animation. I like fun stuff too. So the characters really are just little parts of my personality that I kind of spread out into seven different individuals. Which it, which would sound crazy now I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> but I promise you, I promise you, I'm normal. It's just, it's just one guy. <laughs> but somebody encourages people to go out and check it out. Yes, please do. Um, we are on. If you go to YouTube, type in the Weaklings cartoon. You'll find us on Instagram. It's the Weaklings underscore cartoon, and on TikTok, we're just the Weaklings. Just type in the Weaklings. You'll find us wherever you wherever you are. And finally, what message do you have for audiences in terms of, say, to inspire them to bring their ideas to life? So hopefully one day they would have the privilege of collaborating with you. Oh, <laughs> honestly, I think what I mentioned earlier is probably the best thing. Just, just realize the context of where we're living in now, right? We have the opportunity to um, – the, the, the barrier of entry is so low compared to what it was before. You know, back in, if you want to go really back far in history, right, the only opportunity for entertainment was sitting around the campfire, right? If you aren't around that campfire, you're not going to hear my story. And then it expands the theater. If you're not in the theater room, you're not going to hear my story. We get to TV. Millions of people are watching it. Now it's like before a studio had to approve your idea and to, to show that your idea was worth it. Now you can do that by just posting a simple video on YouTube and your audience can potentially find it. So... That is a, I'm not expressing it how I want to right now, but that is such a monumental, awesome thing. Go for it. Put your stuff out there. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. Just get better at it. Learn, grow, and just embrace the tools and technology that we have now because we are so, so, so lucky to be alive right now, creating right now with the opportunities that we have. And there are so many, you know, lame people who are successful, you might as well be one of the lame ones too, right? That's what I thought. Like, hey, why not? Why not you? Thank you, Jabril Mack, for sharing your wisdom. <laughs> Please share with audiences where they could find your exceptional work. So like I mentioned, if you type it, go to, go to Google, type in the Weeklings cartoon. You can find that's W-E-E-K-L-I-N-G-S, the Weeklings. Um, I'm on Instagram at Jabrilio, J-A-B-R-I-L-L-I-O. And, um, yeah, check, check out the show. I hope you, hope you enjoy. It's fun. It's about friendship. It's about comedy. And it's about enjoying and appreciating every single day. And I could ensure audiences, if you check out at least one of the segments, you're going to stick around the channel to check out a couple more because they are very entertaining and engaging. So if you, I recommend everyone to go check out 4th of July. Until next time, <laughs> thank you very much, Jabril.